episode 25. Um, I think this will be a good one. Why, why do I say that? This, I feel like this week I was struggling with my work in, uh, in a way that I don't quite understand. I think one of the issues is that I've been outputting a lot of things in the past little while and I'm now this is contradictory before I even get the thought out let me already start to um, break it down in that on one hand I feel like I'm doing too many things and I'm I don't want to go as far to say it's I'm experiencing this thing called burnout because I don't think that's it but I'm depleted in a certain way but on the other hand I know that even when you aren't depleted and you're working on things you still can be in the zone of writer's block so on one hand having habits and constantly meeting writing goals and constantly outputting stuff is very good and it's a way to, to be productive to always be making things and moving forward too much of that maybe leads to burnout not enough of that habit of that discipline and the work doing the work leads to total constipation um, and just kind of you know wishing upon a star for inspiration to hit and then writing your emotions out and then i don't know going down the path of perfectionism so that's kind of the the paradigm that i feel is going on um those are kind of how the best i can kind of uh talk about the paradigm the two, the two ends of it right but i think that both of those models are bullshit i think that this idea that you can tire yourself too much and do too too much creative work that you run out of ideas is not it's just not how it works there's no there's no end to it it doesn't it simply doesn't work like that um you can get bored with your process and need to reinvent it um but it's different than just you know getting to the end and finishing it that just doesn't exist as far as ideas um, and and kind of you know creative stuff goes um and on the other hand waiting too long 
waiting for things to be good um, and being too easy on yourself and just, you know, only working when it feels right um, and, and, and then calling everything else writer's block, kind of sticking in that zone, I think is also not really... I don't really be believe that that's the way it works either. So I think it's something else entirely. Um, do I know what it is? Absolutely not. No idea. But here's where I think I, um, I hit a kind of a, a wall um, and when me and Miriam were walking yesterday, for whatever reason, we got onto that old idea about, um, you know, there's like a triangle. You can be cheap, uh, good, or fast. Three options. And then they say, pick two. You can't be all three. So you can be fast and good, but you can't be cheap. You can be cheap and fast, but you can't be good. You can be good and cheap, but it won't be fast, whatever. Two out of three can exist. All three cannot exist at once. It's, an, it's a good thought. It is, but... And, and so let me apply that back to that kind of paradigm I was talking about before. Um... And, and I'm flying by the seat of my pants here, um, which is an expression that I really don't understand. Flying by the seat of my pants. I don't get it. Um, when you're waiting around for the optimal condition to write, to make something, you're trying to be good. Um and maybe cheap but i don't think f maybe fast i guess there's there's two versions of it you can do that and be fast fast and good right waiting for things yes waiting for the the moment of inspiration to strike then hitting it when it when the lightning strikes and then getting it all out and blah, go, go, go and then so that's fast and good that's what that's trying to do then on the other side there's uh, i feel like when you are working all the time and always making stuff you're starting to get into the cheap world where if you write stuff every day it's not all going to be good De it definitely won't all be good it's going to and it's going to be cheap it's just the, the it makes the whole process feel really unsacred um, and that's great. I, I really, really do um, think that's always the way to go for me. I, I, any other version um, isn't good. So, so cheap is non-negotiable on my end. <laughs> um, and I think, um, you know, as much as I love, it, it reminds me of my um, time in film production where like I was usually the cheapest person there uh, or 
you know, close to. Um, in fact, that's, I feel like that's where me and Miriam really bonded and started to get along. Um, and I don't think she would argue this, that um, we were both so cheap on the film sets we worked on together. You know, that was kind of the, um, the beginning of our, uh, you know, marriage, etc. relationship. That's where we met. That's how we got along. So to me, cheap is non-negotiable so much so that even you know making films outside of um, YouTube doesn't even like I don't even want that on my radar very much anymore if at all I think it's like it feels like leaving that um, to the side is, has been a lot of fun YouTube is the ultimate cheap filmmaking channel um, and that's why it's amazing HBO which I adore and love watching HBO shows among probably the top five things I love doing in life uh, on that list is likely watching HBO. <laughs> um, but it's not cheap. It is, it is very not cheap. Um, not from the point of view of the customer, the audience, but the the budgets they put on their shows right like it's they'd spend all the money in the world on these things and it's it's truly amazing but that is not my territory and i think um i more recently maybe in the past year or so really grown comfortable with like the idea that um you know trying to put myself in a position where i can uh, work myself up uh, into those making those high budget shows or really any kind of scripted shows at all is it all is something that that I'm really interested in I think I was really always struggling between doing things for nothing and that's and writing is like the ultimate antidote to high production value on a film set because you need nothing to write and that to me is the greatest thing Ever. Uh, I just think that that when you show up, when you need a lot of tools to do your job, I know some people really like that. And I think that's what makes um, a lot of filmmakers is they really love the tools. Um, but for me, that's there's something about that, that that drives me a bit nuts and makes me really anxious. And me knowing that I can uh, fire on all cylinders when, you know, doing whatever I need to do with just writing and all the tools are there. You know, I always thought like you could um, go steal a pen from the bank and then grab a napkin from the coffee shop next door. And really like that's, that's it. You know, those are, that's, you can get it all the time. And that brings me comfort. Not that I'm ever in a position where I don't have access to all the tools in the world. Um, um, but knowing that that's all that's required makes me very happy. So that so cheap is non-negotiable. Now where this is where I struggle. I like fast. I definitely like doing things quickly and moving on to the next thing. Um, I also, on the other hand, there's a lot of projects where I spend a lot of time on them and drive myself nuts. Uh, 
I mean, lately, um, I think really starting with these posts with, that I read on this podcast um, every week, six posts, um, they're done f- fast. And that's the point. That's like the, the, I keep wanting to use the word impetus, but I feel like it's like, let me look it up. Let me look up impetus because impotus impetus acting or done quickly and without thought or care yes impetus so what there's a, a word i'm looking for i'm confused because the word impetus the definition being acting or done quickly and without thought or care. So there's f- the fast, but what the way I want to use the word I'm looking for, I'm looking for a different word. And I truly, if it's not impetus, I actually have no fucking idea what it is. Anyway, um, that's very fun. Um, but There's also something to be said for you can't go fast and be good. Necess- sometimes you can, really sometimes you can. Like one in every however many posts I do end up being um like really good, I think. But I know that hold on. Go ahead. Um I know that not every post is going to be great. It just can't. That's not the way it's going to work. It's not the way I want it to work. And um, getting more comfortable with that has been kind of the the best growth I think I've experienced um, through this whole process. And I would I would really suggest it to anyone is basically do the worst work you can as often as possible. That means fast and cheap. Don't worry about good. That said, I love good and we all want to be good. But when you say you're going to do something and be good and say cheap, or you're going to be good and fast, the the metric of good is not, um, it's, it's not intelligent. It's not a smart metric. It doesn't, it's, it's not measurable just to make something good because um, perfectionism is just it's a trap it's not a real thing um that you know to have something be perfect so i think that this triangle this is my this is what i basically spent the last fucking 15 minutes trying to get to is that i think this idea of good fast cheap um doesn't work i think that the word good needs to be replaced in order for this model to actually um i think it it would be better without the word good and instead of good it's like so what's good thorough is is usually you know good if you do something thoroughly uh, that's that's good but that's really just the opposite of fast presumably um i think there's something to be said about uh, to explain what good could mean, um, some, um, 
something about being genuine or um, authentic or true. Um, also, all all things that are very difficult to to measure. But if I had to kind of just suggest what it may be, and this is the this will be the work. I'll tell you why this won't work later on. I don't actually know yet. But maybe the model needs to be um, cheap, fast, and true. Meaning, it's not bullshit. If something is fast and true, that's possible. Can it be fast and true and cheap? I mean, maybe not because I don't know. See, I'm, I'm not trying to give you an answer here. I'm trying to point out my confusion and what I don't know. So... That's something to figure out on my end. Um, why I think that that triangle is fucked and what I suggest instead. So, stuff to think about. Let's jump into the posts. I want to... I, a lot of the, the episodes here have been um, about an hour going more towards an hour and a half one goal i have for myself is to get them underneath an hour i think when i think about it's really fun for me to go super long and not give a shit um but i also kind of when i listen to other other podcasts especially when it's just one person talking like even an hour is a lot to go to an hour and a half it's like damn so I think the pressure I've somehow I got the pressure that I wanted to do an hour and a half each week. I don't, I think this is why, because I always, um, it was so funny to me to make a 90 minute, um, anything like in a day, because we spent, we put so much pressure on like writing a feature or shooting a feature, which feature film, I should say, which is, you know, 90 minutes, uh, generally on average maybe that's a little short nowadays but it doesn't matter that i think it's just really fun for me to like essentially put out a 90 minute youtube video uh it makes me just that increment makes me happy it's totally um pointless though it's just like it doesn't matter so anyway going close to an hour might be um kind of a goal i'd like to to do but i mean who who fucking cares just listen and then don't when you're bored that's really all i would ask of of anyone and then this content will uh, be replaced by new content (laughs) next week um so you know get it while it's hot and then it's basically dead it's fast and cheap but is it good? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it is. and uh, But it's almost relaxing that a lot of the time it isn't. That's what it was. I was talking 
with my buddy Steven a few weeks ago. And, and I think that's kind of one thing we were kind of orbiting around was this idea that like, well, maybe um, it's good to be okay with um, almost shooting for a level of uh, low intensity, right? So this is the thing is that the HBO that we love, it's like you're watching, you're locked in, the rest of the world goes away. Uh, it's super intense. And it's like, you know, cate good category. So so now if I think about my little true idea, it's like, it doesn't, that doesn't no longer applies. So I think it kind of, it's, you know, doesn't doesn't make sense that using true as the metric, I just don't, I don't think it's correct. Um, but whatever the HBO stuff does, that high quality, you know, stuff, it like locks you in. But a great podcast is like the whole, a lot of, of how it works is that it's like the best background noise ever. You can like you do other stuff and then listen to that. And it makes it, it like augments your real life. It's kind of like fucking this like uh you know uh, every man's vr um we're just we're suddenly walking down the street and listen and you get to listen to these all these podcasts that we have access to now it's like you know it makes it an amazing experience where without if your phone's dead Walking down the street is just walking down the street and you got to like really center yourself to like enjoy, you know, do like walking meditation, you know, like be a pro at like, you know, <laughs> grounding yourself literally uh, to make that as fun. So you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, sh shooting for and growing comfortable with this idea of um, low, low impact content as and valuing that because you don't want to be watching super intense HBO shows 24 seven because you still want to have room to have your own thoughts and live your own life. That's what these things can be great for. So I hope you're enjoying um, your walk or your drive, or maybe you're just sitting here super locked into this podcast doing nothing else because it truly is the greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world so let us go to the posts beginning with one called subway coupons i ate a massive sandwich for supper i have no feelings they are constipated in the sandwich i have forgotten who i am from eating that sandwich the coupon came in the mail. It expires this week. So we went for it. We used the coupon. I am so full. I have no feelings. I should have... I should have only had half of that sandwich. I will sleep soundly this evening. Unless I have night tremors from the digestion. I will make sure the switch to my nightlight is handy in case I wake up screaming. I don't know if I regret it altogether 
but I will be wary in the future of those coupons that come in the mail. What can be said about using up those subway coupons that come in the mail and you got to read through them all and figure out which ones are good and which ones aren't good and make a whole plan. Think about it for days. And really, the, I think the, the best, the reason why they work is because they're confusing. So you're, you're, it's like, hey, here's this puzzle and you start solving the puzzle. Okay, what if I get this one? I get a, a foot long sub for $3 extra, but I got to buy a drink or I can just get this better sub for this amount but which one am i saving the dollar on which one do i actually want oh what if i try this one you're just in in the the way that it makes no sense you're now thinking about subway for for all that time that you wouldn't have been before and the carrot on the end of the stick regardless is a fucking sub and then you're hooked and that's why those coupons are so smart um but so dangerous because you know there was a time in my life where i really enjoyed eating subway and i still do of course but honestly the bread the fucking bread on those things is so dense and so shitty that i think that like it's almost like you're better off eating at mcdonald's or something because at least there's all of this fucking grease that, you know, it, can, it has, a, uh, it just passes through you and you know what you fucking did. Like, you're very aware that you ate true garbage, but Subway is just deceptive garbage. Um, but that, they got to figure out that something about the fucking bread because um, something's up, something's changed about it. I don't know what, maybe you disagree, but tr- I think I can really say like that fucking subway bread is really fucked at this point it's too bad um and and after i ate that sandwich um really what this post was all about was the numbness the numbness you feel from all those carbs and uh i don't know it's not pretty it's like this is being in that space like the the carb overload numb area, you know, where you don't really want to exercise or move. You're too kind of messed up to focus on anything and you're just kind of stuck and your feelings get, you know, glutenized into nothing and you're just kind of stagnant. Like that's really, I'd say, one of the worlds of all humanity. That little zone is is um probably um the really the the true contributor to global warming and and to any environmental problem it's it not only is the cause um, but it's worse than 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 all of that it's that it's that complacency that that um that that space for complacency and being kind of stuck in it and it's too much of like a you know easy thing and um and it's really fucking us so honestly um it's not good i'd say you know 
lose the subway coupons, figure, figure out another way. It's just not, I don't know. It gives me a bad feeling. And, uh, truly the less I talk about, you know, the state of the world, the better, but I think, uh, I don't think this is helping. I don't think it's helping anyone. That was subway coupons. Let's go to, so that's how we've started the, the week. I want us to think about the, you know, this thing as a whole. We started off this week in the state of like carb loaded numbness. What happened next? Okay. Oh yes. It's called the great cartoon. I'm working on a great cartoon. So far it is eight minutes and 45 seconds. I have done five of the nine scenes in the end. In the end, it will probably be, hold on. I need a calculator. I think it will be, it, there's a lot of spelling mistakes in this one. It will be too fast, too cheap. I think it will be about 15 minutes. That is a lot, but I worked, but I worked on the story for a long time. I'm worried that it will be too crass for some. As I type that, I realize that is a pussy ass thought. That is a great way to become the world's biggest bitch. I'm glad I chose to write about the cartoon to catch that thought. I don't want to worry about dumb shit like that anymore. I don't want to worry about people and whatever fucking shit. I want to make work for myself. I don't want to worry about any bullshit ever again. I hope that if you are making anything, you are also done giving a fuck. Enjoy what you are doing as much as you can. That is the skill. Nice. That's actually... Um, I like where that, I like how that thing went. Um, so yes, this cartoon I'm working on, um, I mean, this is a fucking, this is where things get fucked up. The Blue Nile, I've read, I read the whole manuscript on this podcast, started to make the cartoon a bit, um, getting closer to it. Um, and uh, I've, I tried to make, I've been trying to make it good. This is the problem. This is where this all kind of starts to tie together. Is that this exact cartoon I'm talking about um, that I'm working on. I've been killing the white noise and all these little um, microphone kind of isolate voice isolation things. And now, um, you know, a door creak in the house is just louder. But I want to get um, get used to it. And eventually there's going to be a baby crying in the background and all kinds of great stuff. So I don't know how this is going to go, but I really got to get comfortable with um, all of the outside noise. Whereas when I first started this thing, um, that was like my biggest fear was not only noise getting into the mic, but also me making me talking and, uh, you know, everyone else in the house hearing me at, like an insane person going on about whatever the fucking crazy shit I'm writing about. Anyway, the cartoon, I was trying to make it good because I spent so long on it, um, on the manuscript, and I tried to make that so good, and it just ended up truly, I don't think, being good, but 
Um, maybe someone else would think it was good, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> so I feel like um, I don't want to release it. It's just something is holding me back. Um, it just seems like I got a whole list of reasons why, but it's not even about like being too scared. I'm just like, in my gut, I just feel like, I don't know, there's something, um, there's something up with this story that I just don't feel like I want to put out there. And, uh, and that's why good, this is why good is a faulty fucking metric. Um, because I worked on that story for a couple years in different iterations all just spinning around the perfectionist spiral of like, eh, no, 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 that's not right. And where that was leading to was just endless drafts and not really, and just spinning my wheels. And that's fucking death. I think I've done that so much in the last 15 years, at least trying to, you know, rewrite these stories over and over and over again, trying to make them feel perfect to me. Um, that it's just like, I, I do I see it as a waste of time I do at this point so so I'm against good um, from trying to be to do good for too long and and just not being satisfied by the result and not um, enjoying the process when you take steps towards being good I simply that is not what I enjoy um, I get it I get it but um, it's not, it's not what I want to do. So I'm trying to change course. So I, last week I ended up having a, I didn't get nearly as much done as I usually would have because I was trying too hard to make this thing good and it really fucked me up and, and I wasted a lot of time. Um, so here's the beginning of, of that. And I spent the whole day working on it and that was great. It was, it was totally productive. And then you can see, okay, I'm worried that it will be too crass for some. So yeah, there's stuff in there that's just like very crass and I would really enjoyed writing. But, um, you know, story-wise, maybe wasn't started. I can peel a lot of that stuff away um, when I really focused in on the story um, of, of it. And the animation really helped me. It really is helping me figure out what the actual story is. So, um, and then I quote my little David Goggins video here. It is a great way to become the world's biggest bitch and not worrying about what people think. So it's like, okay, you can stop worrying about what people think when you're making your work, but um, what about yourself? See the connection there where it's like, you're so, when you worry about what other people think, you, I know. I feel like I understand how to get over that and how to work through it. And then there's like worrying about what you think about your own work. It's different than making work that's true to yourself, right? There's like expressing yourself clearly and having and and doing something that really came from a what seemed like a real place, etc. And that's fine. That's great. That's actually the best thing ever. And then there's 
when you're in basically in dialogue with yourself about, hey, is this good or not? You know, and you start becoming a critic of your own work. And as soon as that conversation starts, where you start basically breaking apart your own stuff and trying to meet some weird standard that's going to, I don't know, whatever, wherever that starts and ends, that's just a bad fucking, that's not a necessary path. I think that, and that's when you got to say, you got to get out of your own way. You got to make work. You got to give it your all. And then you got to finish it without, you can edit like once. (laughs) You get like one try and then you got to move on. You know, it's just like that dialogue between you and your, and your own self-criticism. Does it really make the work better? if the work is about being true in the first place you can call bullshit on yourself but maybe when you're calling bullshit on yourself it should be when you're writing something new not going back and pulling the rug out of pulling the rug out from under the the work you've already done that you know was true when you were writing it and you felt good when you were writing it but then you just go and and completely fuck it up afterward that's an important thought for me i think that articulating that just as as um as i did that was very helpful for me on your end dear reader dear audience dear listener um uh you can ask we can i'll keep i'll probably keep talking about it so um I hope I hope that makes sense on your end, truly. Great cartoon. And at the end, I don't want to worry about any bullshit ever. I want to make work for myself. I don't want to worry about any bullshit ever again. I hope that if you were making anything, you were also done giving a fuck. Enjoy what you were doing as much as you can. That is the skill. That is the skill. And this part, I want to make work for myself. There's making work for yourself, and then there's trying to make work for your your self-critic, who the self-critic, this is what I've been trying to say, is like, I think is the one who is concerned about what other people think. Maybe that's the truth is that this the self critic and write this down self critic um it worries about what others think right I'm going to I'm going to revisit that and see if I if I think that's true. I think that it is true. The when you your self-critic, what is the point of that? I know there's a side of when you when you look at your own thing and you're like, "Okay, I want to tweak the way that that looks or I want to tweak the, you know, 
that sentence or something. Sometimes it is for yourself so that you like it more, but there has to be an end to that. And you want to tweak things as well as I'm doing now, as I read these things, I notice little grammatical or spelling mistakes, but just to the extent at which is necessary. So knowing where the line is, the edit, where to edit until, where to edit until. There has to be some um, some method to it, or some just like some rules got to be put in place here because things can get out of control. All right, that was a great cartoon, and hopefully, I'll I'll have see I'll have the the Blue Nile cartoon version done. Soon, I want to. I should finish it tomorrow. Just fucking get it done, and then move on to the next thing. Whatever, and do another one, and do another one, and do another one. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to like go over Blue Nile cartoon again and again and again until it's like whittled down to nothing. That's what I do. I, that's that's what happens to me. I whittle things down until they hardly even exist, and it's just a little sliver in your finger, and you're like, I, this used to be a whole tree. And I worked on this for so long um, that now it's literally just my finger is it's it's a sliver in my finger and there is no tree because I was whittling this fucker down, worrying, being so anxious about is it is it right? Is it good? Is it true? Is it real? All that fucking shit. Next post, the computer. I suppose there's little to nothing to say. It is peaceful here. I am complacently looking at this glasses cloth thing. The thing you use to clean your glasses. When I was a kid and they told me I needed glasses, I was scared shitless. But now, I like wearing my glasses. I was probably 10 or something. Now, I'm 35. There's a picture of me from around that time and I'm sitting on the computer. It is possible I've spent most of my life on the computer. I have no problem with that. I have always enjoyed being here. I suppose it is strange how little I feel like I have to say, but for me, it is enough to remember some good days from back when I was a kid. Nice. Um, often with these posts, especially in the first... I guess year um, or two. Um, it was always like, and now now I'm going back to the original paradigm I put up in the beginning of this thing, where it's like running, except running out of ideas versus um, you know not writing at all. Does that make sense? Not. Yeah, <laughs> basically, I sat down. I was like, really? Like, I have no, I'm good. I don't need to say anything right now. But I still need to say something because it's time for me to do my post of the day. And I write something down and that's just what I do. Um, and to, 
I think I was always really nervous. I understand what it feels like to be nervous that like, oh, I can, what if I don't have a new story idea or something? But the, I feel like the less I've been writing fiction and the more I've just been writing like stuff like this, it's a lot more almost like diary entry-ish or like real life. Um, it changes. It's a different feeling. It's weird. I feel like I'm like fiction's kind of being left behind a bit, um, which is really, really weird. It feels like really scary to me, but, um, but kind of good at the same time. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's something to it anyway. Um, but I really like where this one ended because it's, it's, it's actually good proof where like in the beginning it says, I suppose there's little, nothing to say It's peaceful here. I'm complacent. I have nothing to say, but then it brought me to kind of this feeling and this memory of being young and, and there was a warmness to that. Um, and, uh, and remembering how I remember when, yeah, when I first got glasses, when I was a little kid and I felt so scared. I don't know why I was like, so adverse to it, maybe because I felt like I needed to depend on something. And I was like, my, my eyes were broken. <laughs> I was like, no, I swear I can see, but they're like, it's you kind of have like a weird lazy eye thing or something. Um, and then there was this picture of me on the, wearing those glasses from around the time I first got them and sitting on the computer. And I remember seeing that picture when I was a kid and I was like, that's not me. Like there's something, there's something so weird about that. And then, and that was a really early memory I have of like seeing that picture of myself when it, when it like first exists, I was like 10, you know what I mean? Seeing, seeing a picture of yourself when you're a kid, especially in that generation where there wasn't digital photos yet. They just they're, they're, they didn't exist. Um, so it had a different meaning. And now to remember that, um, I guess how that seems like such a warm memory and how really my life from then till now, that, that picture I saw of me sitting on the computer, just like doing stuff, I was probably playing a game or it was like a programming summer day camp. I think I went to where like, we, we like, <laughs> we like programmed like things in DOS. Um, I think like, I remember like, it was like, you'd write different code and it would like create like a red line like 20 pixels across and then you'd say draw a line down and then back over and you'd start programming it to draw these these like squiggles and we try to make like a picture of an animal or a happy face or something um and that was like the most fun i just felt so so good about that and then my life went and here we are and I've really just been doing that for like a lot of my time in some way or another um you know and uh I think there's like we're inclined to think that that's like scary and bad you know that we've become you know we've become cyborgs and we're always on the computer and dependent on them and whatever but uh honestly it's been really fun uh, and I love going on the computer and I don't think that I need to feel bad about it.
uh, just got to make sure you do your stretches and your and you walk and do your exercise because really the back pain I started to get once I got into my 30s was very apparent if I was doing like these 10, 12 hour stretches on the computer, trying to write these perfect fucking novels and screenplays and like, you know, literally couldn't even stand up at some points um, because I was going so long and I had no understanding of like, you got to get up and walk around the house at least um, or, you know, make sure you're breaking that up. Um, so, you know, I kind of figured that out. Kind of. When it is time. Ah, yes. I don't know if you have ever had a pregnant wife before, but it is something to put your hand on her belly and to feel that there is a baby there. I don't really have the words to describe it. It is some combination of fear and awe. The pants that used to be too big on her now fit her well. I'm excited to meet our daughter when it is time. In a way, I feel like I know her already. I wanted to mention one other thing as well. The name we chose for her has the same first letter as my wife's great-grandmother. She used to give onion and schmaltz sandwiches to homeless people during the Great Depression. Today, I ate a sandwich like that for lunch, and I thought it was good. (laughs) So, to me, that's a great post. That's as good as I can do. That's as good as I need to do. It's as good as I want to do. Um required minimal effort because I have a because I do this every day so it was fast and it was good but was it really cheap and the reason I say that is because there's a lot of time and there's a lot of almost there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into this there's a lot of meaning that goes into this and that takes time so and that time is not um not necessarily cheap so maybe it's actually slow no the the, the triangle fucking broke when I was trying to break this down, truly. It doesn't make sense. The fast, cheap, good model is like put up against these kind of, um, against creativity, really. It just it fucking it collapses. It doesn't work. I think that's what, what we're realizing. I think when you're talking about tangible products in the marketplace, like things you can go out and purchase, um that have very technical uses, I suppose. The model, that model makes a lot more sense, but like, it's like, come on, like I'm really grasping at straws to try to make this thing fucking make sense. But anyway, that was a great fucking post. And maybe the one, you know, Subway coupons was like probably the shittiest one we read so far. Um, This one was 
a lot better, a lot more meaningful, and a lot, even when I read it, it's just like a concise read with a lot of meaning, and I feel like I even uh, made myself laugh at the end of it too. Uh, I'm talking about eating that sandwich. Um, so, sandwiches, wow, that's interesting. That's uh, it's an odd coincidence. The, the Subway sandwich, the footlong with the coupon, it's like makes me feel uh, just like like I'm destroying the world is what I what I basically said. But this other sandwich, this basically onions and fat. Um, <laughs> I'm like, it's it's the best sandwich you ever had. It's like so meaningful, even though who would want to eat that except for me because I have it in this big kind of folklore and onions. I really love onions. I've realized like. Onions are the heroes of um, the modern day. <laughs> um, but you, do you see my fucking point? This is what I'm trying to say. Fast, cheap. These posts are fast and cheap. Not all of them are great, but they hit when they hit. Every once in a while... There's a good one. And to me, that was a good one. And and that makes you wonder the measure when you're trying to measure good and when you're trying when you're sitting down and trying to do something that's good. That just that doesn't mean you're going to make something good. It's not what leads to it. I really don't think that that's fucking how this works. And this is my way of proving that. It's something else. It's something else. All right. Here's one called plot and plotlessness. There's a difference between writing plot and writing to say what you need to say. I was working on plot all day today, and now I feel like shit. I feel like I didn't get anywhere. Writing plot gives me fucking indigestion. It is hard to write a story. I don't know. Sometimes I think the best thing to do is to ignore it completely. Both plot and plotlessness are misery. I feel better already having written those two lines than the eight or nine or however many hours I put into breaking down my story today. Sometimes people ask me what I'm writing and I get embarrassed and fumble my words pretty badly. Even after working on something for hundreds of hours, I can't articulate it. I'm happiest about things I can't explain. Ordinary. Ordinary. I'm happiest writing about things I can't explain. Ordinarily, right? I think that's what that was meant to be. Trying to sort out the unknown, and if I knew what the fuck I was saying, I wouldn't feel the need to say it. That is the whole point. So what I'm saying now is fuck it all. Good. Um, basically another version of this week's kind of overarching question. Um... I really hate plotless movies, but it's 
really fun to write endlessly. It's really difficult to write plot. Too much plot can make things something, something shitty as well. So it's again, it kind of goes back to what I was taking notes on a bit earlier, where it's like, how do you plot it when you're editing? It's your plot is what you're doing is what you're editing essentially. Uh, no, it's not It's just half of it. You're ha you're editing plot and you're editing kind of the style of the words, right? Those are the, those are the kind of the two main ingredients. I plots. I love thinking about and am like relatively obsessed over. Like I truly, I think about it a lot, you know, and I teach a course that we essentially go through plot for, you know, four hours a week, every week. Um, and uh, over and over again. So I really do respect it. I really enjoy that game and everything, but it can really fuck things up as well. And sometimes it's to, I suppose, diminishing returns. So I'm really at odds with it right now as to how to manage plot. And on Thursday this week, I literally I was making a video about Blue Nile. I wanted to do a synopsis of the whole story and just kind of check in and talk about what it all was, but I got nowhere. And I was also, I was like, I want to get the plot sorted out so that when I, so just to iron out any last things before I put, commit the whole thing to, to whatever cartoon version and put it on YouTube. But, uh, it just made it, made it worse. Like it just didn't, it, it truly was just like, I got really frustrated. I came, I shot for, I don't know, I probably have like three hours worth of me trying to do, figure this thing out and just like with all these different attempts and that three hours, it goes for three hours of footage over like the eight hour day or I don't know how many hours there were, but it was really frustrating. And um, I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I feel like, I was like, it's not about the effort here. It's like, I'm putting in the effort. It's not that I'm being lazy. It's just that something's fucking wrong. And it has to do with this whole thing I'm talking about. So I haven't figured it out quite yet, but I feel like I'm on the right, I'm on a track. Plot and plotlessness. All right, last one for the week. Do not give peace a chance. I didn't have the most productive week, not from a lack of trying. I lost sight of myself somehow. I fucking hate when that happens. Without that, though, there would be nothing to do. It would be stagnant if you knew who you were at all times. If you could never push yourself into doubt and confusion, there would be no fucked up nonsensical poems. There would be no searching. I would say this, despite popular opinion, do not give peace a chance. Do not trust it for a second. It is a deceptive feeling. It will bite you in the ass. And trust me, you don't want to get bit in the ass. My suggestion then is to forget everything you know. Become the stupidest person possible. Become a complete idiot beyond all comprehension. If you do not become a complete dumbass, you will get bit in the ass by God knows what. And you will be eternally miserable. And you will never write well. That is what I know. Thank you for your time. And by the way, I got a good haircut today. 
it's looking pretty spiky, especially for a bald guy. Nice. <laughs> cool. I like that post. And it really explains, I think it really summarizes a lot of what's going on. Um, and and I kind of came to some some peace with, with all this stuff. In the, the first post, the subway coupons, I was like, look, I'm like, I ate myself into um, feeling nothing. And I'm basically complacent. I know that at the moment. And then at the end of the week, it was basically like, don't trust that feeling. And I know that, but it was like, look, that whatever that was really fucked you up this week. And that, it's like that complacency. This is okay. Okay. Let me, let me see if this is a, a real thing. Um, okay. Complacency. I'm writing down complacency and good. The reason how those things connect is that you think that if you make something good, you'll be happy. And if you're ha and then you can relax and be complacent, right? That's the connection there. When you've like gotten to the point of feeling relief and completion, and you work towards retirement, you work towards having enough money to not have to do things anymore. You, you write toward that was my sneakers squeaking on the hardwood. You, you write to um, create a masterpiece, right? All of that shit, all of that stupid fucking shit. That's, that's, you're trying to be good so that you can be complacent, so that you can finish it and relax. And, and get somewhere, right? That's, that is, um, it's fucking done. It's not good. I'm just writing this down because I'm, I feel like I'm sorting through the thought. Instead, what you want to do is practice every day as often as possible, you know, get good at um the skill is having fun the skill is enjoying what you do the skill is al aligning your um intention um with your actions right that is that is the cure to anxiety that is um how you can really become yourself and feel good and, and gain confidence those are all the good things in my life that's where that came from so so Figure out how to be, stay in that zone. That's what I'm saying. So going back to this dumb fucking triangle. With that in mind. Good. I've already told you that the triangle is fucking not a thing. Good. Cheap. Fast. So good. I think here's here's where I'm going to leave us off on today's episode is that the problem with the good, fast, cheap triangle is that 
trying to make things that are good is actually trying to um, that kills the work that 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 means that you expect to finish and that if it's good enough then you'll get to another realm or you'll like level up and never need to work again that's not that should not be anyone's goal that would be a boring life i don't want that life you know it just doesn't make sense if if i can't do my writing then i'm miserable like so why the fuck is good a metric it's just it's wrong so that has to be replaced by what well i'm not i'm not sure um but figure that out that is my that's what i need to figure out maybe i'll do a video on it this week um maybe i won't we'll figure it out and I think that's the episode for the week. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy with how that turned out. I think that overall that was, um, that group of poems was um, really kind of a decent explanation of, of where I'm at, what's going on and uh, there was no bullshit there. A lot of, you know, many, sometimes I get in the habit of just writing abstract nonsense, but I don't think we saw much of that this week. And that's like kind of, I don't think I would let myself write these more or less diary entry-esque posts this often. Um, but I think I let myself this week and and that's good. It was kind of, uh, kind of felt a little different in a good way. So thank you for tuning in and um we'll see um you again next week